Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Without teeth, life is tough. Uh, sure, we have all sorts of fancy dentistry tricks these days, but nothing tops the chompers we're born with. In fact, when rocker Patti Smith gave the commencement address at the Pratt Institute in New York in 2010, she gave those graduating seniors some incredibly sound advice. She said, Now that I'm here, my greatest urge is to speak to you of dental care. My generation had a rough go dentally. Our dentists were the army dentists who came back from World War II and believed that the dental office was a battleground. You have a better chance at dental health. And it may be true that our big dental procedures are considerably better than they were in the middle of the last century, but it's the maintenance that Smith was probably talking about. We've got to scrub our teeth each and every day, or else bacteria will calcify into tartar, which is where the tooth troubles really begin. Keeping all your teeth in your head and avoiding life-threatening infection has always required constant vigilance, which is where toothpaste comes in. Now, nobody knows who invented the toothbrush. Most ancient civilizations seem to have had some variation of a frayed chew stick that they used to keep their teeth clean. But don't teeth also need some sort of, well, cleaning agent? Is that minty, plaster-like goo that we smear on our modern chewing sticks just capitalist snake oil? Not if history has anything to say about it. Toothpaste might actually predate the toothbrush— while there's evidence that ancient Egyptians were using toothbrushes as far back as 3,500 BCE, recipes for tooth powder have been found that date back to 5,000 BCE. The earliest Egyptian tooth powder recipe contained plenty of abrasives to scrape off all the sticky residue. The ashes of burnt eggshells and oxen hooves mixed with pumice seemed to be popular. By the 4th century, Egyptians had fancied up their tooth powder with abrasives like rock salt and flavorings like mint and peppercorns. They even added dried iris flour, perhaps because it was associated with purification. Good thing our tooth enamel is harder than bone, or even iron or steel. If it wasn't, those Egyptians would have brushed their teeth right down to nubs. But when this recipe was revealed in 2003 at a dental conference in Vienna, Austrian dentist Heinz Newman told The Telegraph that he tried it and it wasn't half bad. He said, I found that it was not unpleasant. It was painful on my gums and made them bleed as well, but that's not a bad thing, and afterwards my mouth felt fresh and clean. I believe that this recipe would have been a big improvement on some of the soap toothpastes used much later. Around the world, different cultures continued mixing crushed abrasives like oyster shell or bone and nice-tasting herbs like mint and ginseng together to clean teeth and keep halitosis, that's bad breath, at bay. But as with literally everything else, the Middle Ages didn't really do much for toothpaste technology. During this time, Europeans settled on a mixture of honey, salt, and rye flour, which they supplemented by giving their teeth a good scrubbing with the bark of certain trees. It wasn't until the 19th century that the toothpaste biz as we know it really started heating up. Recipes for tooth powders and pastes that included abrasives like charcoal, chalk, and burned breadcrumbs, as well as incense like dragon's blood, were popular in England until 1850, when Colgate introduced its first creme dentifrice, which came in a jar. Mass production of this product started in the 1870s, and 20 years later, they introduced the collapsible tube. And from then on, toothpaste was a thing. Before World War II, most toothpastes on the market were sold in a lead tube. They also contained soap, which was unnecessary and in some cases even counterproductive. But we humans seem to have a hang-up about wanting our cleansers to foam. 
toothpastes today still tend to contain soap, namely sodium lauryl sulfate, because it's not clean unless it's foamy. But soap also helped maintain an even creamy texture. We can also get this smooth texture with humicants like sorbitol, glycerin, and propylene glycol, which have the added bonus of being a little bit sweet. Fluoride was first added to toothpaste in 1914, but it wasn't until the 1960s that it was proven to fight cavities. And modern toothpaste no longer uses chalk as an abrasive. We most often use hydrated silica, which is exactly the same stuff you find in those little packets in your vitamin bottles and shoeboxes. So that's the story of toothpaste. I'm going to go brush my teeth. Today's episode was written by Jessalyn Shields and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other minty fresh topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. Howstuffworks.com.